Welcome to Espresso Prime, a podcast all about primes, short enough to listen to while you enjoy your cup of coffee. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Espresso Crime and a new segment, Wine and True Crime. If you're in BC, it is a long weekend. Grab your wine to celebrate BC Day and get into this episode. If you are not in BC, grab your wine because it is Monday. So for our new segment and first episode of it, Wine and True Crime, let's go with BC Crimes for BC Day. First on the list goes back to 1875 and was actually pretty near to where we currently are. So Agnes and Jim McVie ran a hotel and store at 108 Mile House on the Caribou Wagon Road from 1875 to 1885 during the Caribou Gold Rush. The pair, along with their son-in-law, Al Riley, was said to have killed many miners, with their motive being to steal their gold, and then they were also... Um, said to have kidnapped women for the sale to minors as well. Just wild. Next on the list, fast forward almost 90 years to April 21st, 1965, when Leonard Hoagie, a police constable, walked into his Coquitlam home and shot his wife in the head in the middle of the night. The gunshot woke his children, who he proceeded to shoot. He killed all six of his children one by one. He then committed suicide. The next day, he was a suspect in two robberies, which some say may explain the change in his character that led to the murder of his wife, six six children, and then his suicide as well. That is a really crazy and tragic case. That same year, also in Vancouver, the boozing barber, also known as Gilbert Jordan, would meet sex workers and then take them back to a hotel. He would then force them to drink deathly amounts of alcohol. He did this from 1965 to 1988, killing at least 10 women, though there could be more. He was eventually caught by police after fingerprints were found linking him to the crime scene. That is a super just crazy case as well. The name fits so perfectly. Next on the list is Bobby Jack Fowler. He's an American who went on a murder spree throughout the interior from the 1970s to 1996. He is suspected of killing up to 21 women along the Highway of Tears. He died in an Oregon prison. We did a full episode um, on the Highway of Tears on our Highway Killers episode. If you're not familiar with that case of the Highway of Tears, that would be one a great listen. It is so fascinating and crazy that it's literally happening today. It's just so dangerous. Next is John Horace Outen. He is one of BC's most notorious sex offenders. He is known as the paper bag ra- rapist. This one is so, so disturbing. He assaulted more than 100 women and children from 1977 to 1985. He adapted his victims two at a time, and he supposedly ordered them to choose which one would be sexually assaulted. The one chosen would be forced to wear a paper bag on their head while the other watched. Now in prison, his latest psychiatric report has assessed him of being untreatable. The next case is with Dorothy Ruth Hoogstraten, and she was born February 28, 1960. She is professionally known as Dorothy Stratton. She was a Canadian Playboy Playmate and actress. She was a Playboy Playmate of the Month for August 1979 and Playmate of the Year in 1980. She was murdered at the age of 20 in August 1980 by her estranged husband and manager, Paul Snyder. He committed suicide the same day. Next, Clifford Olson. He's known as the Beast of British Columbia. He killed 11 children between 1980 and 1981. He took it a step further and would send his 
send the parents letters describing these sinister crimes. He confessed after being caught trying to abduct two girls in the summer of 1981. For an exchange of $100,000 paid to his wife, he agreed to show the police the location of the bodies. Ugh, terrible. The next case takes place in August 1982 in Wells Gray's Provincial Park. David Shearing killed a family of six at the campsite in the park. Just over a month later, a burned car was found and the remains of the six family members were all found inside. They were shot and burnt. He was caught in November 18. 1993, confessing to the murders and admitting to keeping the two daughters alive for a week before killing them as well. He was sentenced to life in prison with no eligibility for parole for 25 years. He applied for parole in 2008 and 2012. He applied again in 2014 but withdrew his request a month before the hearing was to take place. Most recently, in September 2021, he told the two-member parole panel that he had sexual fantasies including rape and murder from when he was in his mid-teens when he saw the family's vehicle parked near the campsite he began stalking them he said the only one he was interested in was janet and and who was one of the sisters he killed the adults because they were in the way i saw them as just a means to an end i saw the four adults basically as being the way of what i wanted at the time he also admitted to hitting and killing a teenager before the murders he said getting away with it made it easier to escape to escalate his behavior. He was denied parole. We have three cases left for our BC Crimes for BC Day, and next on the list is suspected of being one of the most prolific serial killers in Canadian history. Robert Picton was a Port Coquitlam pig farmer. Try to say that five times fast. He is believed to have begun his murders in the early 1980s after inheriting the pig farm. He was arrested in 2002 and he was convicted in 2007. During the trial's first day of jury evidence, the Crown stated that Picton had confessed to 49 murders to an undercover agent. This agent was posing as a cellmate. The Crown reported that Picton told the officer that he wanted to kill another woman to make it an even 50 and that he was caught because he was sloppy. Picton was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years. Next on the list isn't very in-depth or anything. It's just kind of an interesting tidbit. So since August 2007, five human feet have washed ashore near Vancouver. There have been four left and one right, and most of them have still been in shoes. It is not determined how or why feet are washing ashore, though DNA tests have matched one of the feet to a man had, who had been missing for several months. Again, it's unsolved as of now. There's not really any evidence or any real like theories or anything, but it is kind of interesting and a little creepy that feet are literally washing ashore. Last on the list is one of Canada's youngest serial killers, and that is Cody Legabakov. He was convicted in 2014 for the murder of three women and one teenage girl, and this took place between 2009 and 2010 in and around Prince George. So the murder of the teenage girl actually led to his arrest. And while it is, of course, super tragic, it was rather interesting how he ended up getting arrested. So around 9.45 p.m., a police officer noticed a pickup truck that pulled onto the highway from a logging road. The officer followed the truck and then pulled him over for speeding. Once he pulled him over, the officer noticed that the driver, this is of course Cody, had blood on his face and elsewhere. The driver then told the police officer that he and his friend were hunting, which is where the blood came from. 
The police officer wasn't convinced, though. So the police officer called a conservation officer to trace the animal and the car tracks, and this is where they found the murdered teenage girl. Back in his car, they found a bloodstained pipe wrench and the victim's backpack that had her identification in it. Cody also had the victim's phone on him. Cody was immediately taken into custody then, and now he is in prison. That wraps up today's episode of BC Crimes for BC Day. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I will see you Sunday for Sunday Scaries. Bye for now.